Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Well, what a beautiful thing to see. It is a championship Sunday edition of TC Live presented by Cabinets to Go. The race to Turin down to two final spots and the countdown to Fort Worth is just one sleep away. You just saw Felix Ojealiassime raising the trophy in Basel. Welcome into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside Chris Eubanks. And we've got John Wertheim from 60 Minutes Sports Illustrated back with us. On the big screen as well, a fantastic championship Sunday. We're here to break it all down for you. John, what are your thoughts as we saw two trophies being raised in an hour? Yeah, let's let's uh, go in reverse order. Let's start with Felix, who had a really rough U.S. Open. It seemed like it was like Tuesday. It was about uh, almost two months ago. And boy, has he been terrific since. He's beaten Alcaraz twice. He beat Djokovic and now three straight titles, and I think the fact that he is doing it this late in the season is also really encouraging, says a lot about his durability physically but also mentally, and very similar vein. Nice to see Medvedev back in action. It's been an up-and-down year for him, but here we are the last Sunday in October. I think it says a lot that these guys are playing this high level this late in the season. What do you guys think? For me, I think the biggest thing that I've seen and recognized from Felix is that he's found a way to control the unforced error count. He's always been an aggressive-minded player, but typically the knock on him throughout the course of his very, very young career, we have to keep that in mind as well, is that he would have a higher unforced error count, a lot of double faults, a lot of just routine missed forehands. But that has not been the case in these past few weeks, specifically in this week that we saw how well he was able to play in Basel. Keep that ratio exactly where you want. Any coach will tell you if you're able to play a match with 25 winners, six unforced errors, 28 winners, four unforced errors, 21 winners, 12 unforced errors, and in the final of your third tournament in a row, produce 27 winners and 11 unforced errors. Everyone is going to be pleased with that type of play. That type of performance from Felix has been so impressive, and I'm just happy to see it. All of the hard work is paying off for the Canadian. Yeah, and that's what he's been doing for the past month as we take a look at what Felix Ojealiasim has done these past three weeks. It has been spectacular. The hottest player on the ATP Tour right now. Good vibes. Back-to-back -back titles in Florence and Antwerp. He has now won a career-high 12 straight matches coming into today. Virtually unstoppable on an indoor court. Looking for that hat trick. His third title in three weeks today in Basel. The Canadian surf has been spectacular. But so has Holger Runa. The two young stars have combined, John, to hold all 81 service games this week. But today, you knew something had to give. Someone's O had to go, and it was uh, it was Runa. Felix, as Chris said, nice. he's just played such clean tennis. He got that break. Finally, the game service broke, and then Felix serves it out. He had 11 aces today. That winner to unforced error ratio, really on both sides of the net. I mean, Runa was 21 and six, so a very clean match overall. Felix showing the hands at the net here, taking that first set and. Chris, you said this yesterday, that this was the Roger Federer Open, and we have a player who's born on the same day. Um, 
on August 8th winning, but I also think it's nice for this event to have two young players play such a crisp and clean final. Runa keeping it close, but then gets broken at four all, and Felix was able to, uh, at five all, and Felix was able to uh, to take it home. But this, this was a nice, entertaining match. Two guys we're going to be seeing a lot of. Felix pretty much locks up his position in the year-end championships with this win today. He was able to serve it out on the third try, and really, I mean, you can see, watch him exult when he wins this match. This means a lot to him, and uh, it's been a great six, seven weeks of tennis for him. Was not broken the entire tournament. It's so a third player this year to win a title without losing serve. Nick Kyrgios did it in D.C. Taylor Fritz did it in Eastbourne. And Felix Auger-Aliassime able to get it done in Basel. That's a familiar sight now. Raising trophies back to back to back. Felix Auger-Aliassime with a full head of steam heading into Paris. Taking a look at our match summary brought to you by Cabinets to Go. The serve on fire 11 aces three of three on break points and you see did not drop serve the entire week Hogaruna, a fantastic week to build on for the teenager 16 winners but those 18 unforced errors leading to his demise let's head back to basel and hear from oj aliasim felix congratulations on your second atp 500 title how special is it and look at your week look at the tennis you played the best week tennis wise yeah it's been an amazing week uh once again in the final not getting broken not getting broken uh all week uh yeah it's good with the music right <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah yeah i mean uh it's been an amazing week but just uh, a long year uh a long stretch of, of, of wins and it's not over uh so hopefully i can keep going but right now feeling uh, all the good emotions that come with winning a tournament. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I don't usually react uh, that much, but it was just a really, I think, genuine reaction at the end with uh, also with the amount of tension that there was in, in that last game. So, uh, yeah, just uh, over the moon right now. Yeah. So you have a big eye. It's a great point. He, he normally stays pretty cool, calm, collected, but he knew what that meant. Felix Auger-Aliassime, the Iga Sviantec of the men's tour right now. Uh, third player since 2010 to win three titles in three weeks. Andy Murray did it in 2011. You'll remember Casper Ruud did it on the red clay last year. And now FAA going back to back to back. We've seen it for the past month, Chris. We have seen it now this entire week. What impressed you the most today in this final with Felix Auger-Aliassime? You know, I think seeing how he battled a little bit of adversity on his own serve. Runa did a great job of applying pressure, specifically in that second set. Felix 3-4, 15-40, has to face a couple break points. But when the confidence is that high on his serve, he does exactly what he did in that game. Produces two aces to get the game back to deuce. Hits another ace to end up getting the hold. And if you're Runa in that situation, that's just a sense of deflation that comes upon you because you've worked so hard to be able to make some headway in the OJ Aliasim service game. You finally get your opportunities. But this guy is playing so well, so confident, can just call on the serve when he needs it, and that's exactly what he did. That's what impressed me the most about this matchup. But all around, Felix is just playing such great ball. You love to see good things happen to good people. Felix is one of the most liked guys on tour. So I'm so, so happy to see this success that he's finally experiencing. These two guys had never played before, so I think that's another point in, in Felix's favor that he was able to come up with a game plan. And guys, remember, I you know six, seven months ago we were talking about boy, everyone likes Felix. We like what he stands for, nice guy, but 
he just doesn't win tournaments. I mean, remember his record in finals, he finally got over the hump in Rotterdam, and now to back that up with his fourth title of the year, really bringing it when he gets to these finals. And keep in mind, too, in this streak, he's beaten Alcaraz twice. He's beaten Novak Djokovic in Labor Cup, and to get it done, three straight finals. I mean, it's, it's a good lesson for players. that at the Again, the U.S. Open two months ago, he lost in the second round, and we were all saying, boy, this train has really seemed to have gone off the tracks. You can reset very quickly and boy has Felix done so this autumn. Uh, oh freight to start he may never lose another final again that's what we'll be saying about Felix Oje Aliasim playing right now lights out so are these guys in Vienna Dennis Shapovalov trying to give the great north a double serving of Canadian bacon going for the biggest title of his life against top seed Daniil Medvedev Chris and the Russian he hadn't dropped serve all week coming in but Dennis came out playing well. There's something happening north of the border that we all got to try to figure out what it is. Shapovalov came out and did what seemed to be impossible, and that's break Medvedev twice in the first set. Medvedev was able to get one of the breaks back. But Shapovalov just played really, really clean tennis. That's a theme we're starting to hear with these young Canadian players who are spectacular shot makers. They're just cleaning up that winner to unforced their account. That's exactly what Shapovalov did. But Medvedev just forces you to continue to play at a high level for an extended period of time. He had the game plan. He wanted to go after the Shapovalov backhand, continue to press that corner until it eventually became a bit too much. Shapovalov had a few loose errors. And then when Medvedev was able to get his teeth into this match, he did not let up. Began to play Medvedev like tennis, coming up with great defensive shots just like that, waving his hands in the crowd, asking the crowd for a bit more support. And Shapovalov, I got to give him credit, did a great job of just continuing to fight and battle back. Just wasn't enough today against the Russians. He's been playing very good ball. Said he's been looking to reach this level for a long, long time. This is top drawer, Daniil Medvedev, second title of the year, 15th title of his career, back up to number three in the world. He has clinched his spot in the ATP Finals. 500 titles for the first time in four years. Med the man, take a look at his year in review, runner-up in Australia, got to number one in the world, has had some injury issues, of course could not play Wimbledon, and then a couple of titles in Los Cabos and Vienna. Let's hear from Daniil Medvedev. Yeah, I'm really happy. I mean, everything was working this week, and this match was uh, the best of the week because uh, Dennis was playing unreal uh, till probably like 4-3 uh, in, in the second set. He dropped his level maybe just by 2% and I managed to use it and that's, uh, you know, that's the best victories. When you know that your opponent was, was on top of you, but you, you tried to stay there, you tried to do what you can. And yeah, amazing and really happy. A great time to build some momentum to, uh, congratulations by the way for qualifying for Turin yesterday. You're heading now into Paris uh, and the year-end championships. Yeah, great. I, I, I like to play indoor hardcore at the end of the season. I feel like we do... Uh, a great job uh, with my team to, to not uh, arrive there uh, burned out. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the last two tournaments of the year, which are really important, where I usually play good. But they are going to be very tough opponents, so I want to play. And he will be going there because, as just mentioned, Daniil Medvedev headed to Turin for the year and finals. He has won the whole thing in the past. Just two spots remain. Felix Auger-Aliassime uh, did a great job. Has to do a little bit of work in Paris, but should be good to go. And then Taylor Fritz, Hubie Hercox, they got to win the whole thing in Paris in order to get that spot and overtake Andre Rublev. When you look at what Daniil Medvedev was able to do today, Chris, uh, what did you see out there?
I think he described it perfectly. Daniil Medvedev is a player, and it's, it's a theme amongst a lot of the top players. They can hold a sustained level for so long, whereas their opponents typically have a few more ebbs and flows, and that's exactly what happened. Throughout the course of the second set, Medvedev continued with the game plan, wanted to pound the Shapovalov backhand. Shapovalov played exceptionally well in the first set, but he just became to be a bit much. The moment you have that one lapse, those two unforced errors in a game, maybe a double fault, those are the moments that Medvedev relishes. He pounced on those opportunities, and once he got on top of Shapovalov, it was a tough day for the Canadian. And credit here to statistician Matt Wills. He pointed out in the first set, Medvedev 50% forehands, 50% backhands. The last two sets, almost two-thirds of his shots were backhands, whether that was intentional or whether that was patterns, it really worked. That third set was peak Daniil Medvedev. And again, I mean, it's, it's not dissimilar to Felix. I mean, last Sunday in January, Medvedev has a two sets to love lead to win his second straight major takeover number one, and he cannot close. Nadal loses that heartbreaking final. Then he has surgery. We have the Russian ban. It's really been an up and down year, but to see him come out Today, again, last Sunday of October, and play this level of tennis. That, that third set was just absolutely scintillating stuff. And now he qualifies for the year end. He moves up a spot in the rankings. And, uh, again, not dissimilar to Felix. Plots change very quickly. New dad as well. It's been a very nice fall for Daniil Medvedev. He's undefeated as a father, Daniil Medvedev. And, by the way, they're in the same quarter in Paris. Daniil Medvedev, Felix Auger-Aliassime, two of the best players right now with their games. We could see them playing each other early on in Paris. Looking forward to that event. We are looking forward to the best of the best from the week. That is still to come. Straight ahead on TC Live. And speaking of the best... What's next for Big Banks? Our man headed back on court next week. Find out where he'll be playing. TC Live is presented by Cabinets to Go. Your wow for less. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Texas one sleep away, headed on a plane this afternoon, right after the show, to join Chanda Rubin in Fort Worth, Texas. We will be at the SAP desk, SAP, and we will, of course, be interviewing all the big players. Uh, which matchup tomorrow, Chris, you looking forward to? we got Pagula Sakari, we got Jabir Savalank, and, of course, Goff and Pagula playing some doubles. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see Jesse Pagula take the court. New WTA 1000 champion. I'm sure that confidence is high. And then watching her take the court in doubles as well with Coco. I'm sure they're going to have some swagger. They've clearly been playing well together. So that's going to be an exciting to see the Americans in action tomorrow. Guadalajara final repeat with Pagula and Sakri. And then how about Jabir Sabalenka? Nice contrast in styles. They played at Wimbledon last year. Sabalenka won that. We can see if uh, 
Jabir can get a better result on a much different surface, much different context. But uh, good, good day one lineup, guys. Big day for Jesse Pagula, singles and doubles. Still to come, the highly anticipated, often imitated, but never duplicated, best of the best. Who made the top five of the week? Stick around to find out. things around for Bautista Agu. Cheer for it's not something you see too often. Oh, some good stuff right there. Some great calls from Chris Eubanks. Say uh, Hubie's name again. You really pr pronounce that last name. Hubert Hurkacz. Uh, one of my best friends is from <laughs> Poland, so he's known Hubie for years. So he's tried to teach me a little bit. So I have to make sure I get that name right if I mess up. Any name, it cannot be <laughs> All right, uh, you, you've been crushing it all week long. It's been a pleasure to have you once again here on TC Live. What's been your best moment of the week? I tell you, we, the week of Vienna and Basel, you have so many great matches. Borna George is two back-to-back -back seven, six, and the thirds against two top ten players. Is probably some of the most exciting calls that I've had to do. But honestly, my favorite stuff is sitting right here with you, the TC oh. Live desk, being able to give a little bit of analyst work or – Hopefully just give a little bit more insight to the little bit of, of, of tennis knowledge I have and just try to share with everyone. To me, this is the most fun. I love sitting here with you. Love getting to talk with you. John, it's been great being able to work with you as well. So I'm just enjoying TC Live and enjoying this last segment. Love having you. John? Yeah, this is uh, – you, you would not know it if you were a casual viewer, but uh, that, that man on your left, he, he has a day job. He's only moonlighting as an outstanding commentator and analyst. I, I want to ask you a pretty serious question. I mean – how are you getting in your reps? How are you when you're not doing Polish pronunciations? <laughs> how are you getting the tennis workout in this week when you're working with us? So 
Obviously, we're having a lot of early start times, broadcasting matches that are going on in Europe. The first day, I, honestly, I thought I'd be able to get my practice in afterwards. So on Monday, I said, you know what, I'll just go practice. I had organized a practice at UCLA with the men's associate head, Rickus DeVillers. I said, hey, we'll do 5 o'clock. I quickly realized the schedule might not align every day. So we made the change and started going at 6 a.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just to try to get in my time. I wanted to make sure I wasn't. I didn't skip any steps. I still am a professional tennis player. I wanted to give myself the best preparation heading into these next three weeks. So practice in the morning, 6 a.m. to 7.30. Come here, work at TC, get to watch and observe and take notes on some of the best players in the world. Gym afterwards and later in the evening, and we've been able to try to make it work as much as possible. If you talk about two-a-days, Chris has been doing four-a-days because he's been calling matches, he's been doing TC Live, plus getting in the tennis and the workouts but we'll just call Tennis Channel a little bit of extra film study. Uh, speaking of the work on the court, you return next week. You're going to be defending a title in Knoxville in a couple weeks. Tell us about your upcoming schedule. Yeah, so I'll be part of the USCA Australian Open Wildcard Challenge. I'll be doing three indoor challenges, first in Charlottesville, Virginia. The second one will be in Knoxville, where I am defending that title. I was able to get a quick 80 on the board last year to kind of boost my ranking up. And then I'll finish the year in Champaign, Illinois, a tournament that I love, honestly, a tournament I've had my first bit of success in professional tennis with semiing it back when I was in college. So these are three events that I'm really looking forward to. I love being able to sit here and watch and take notes, like I say, on the best players in the world. Hopefully I can incorporate these clean matches, these high winter counts and low unforced errors, big targets, a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about. Hopefully I can put it to good use this week. I'm, I'm sure you're going to. And as you know, players that come in and, and moonlight as commentators here, they normally go off and then win big things. Taylor Townsend, she's already won some events, got to a final of a major in doubles. She's playing for a title today in uh, Waco, Texas. Absolutely love to see Taylor doing well as a new mom coming back on tour. And she's been absolutely crushing it, crushing it in Tennis Channel, crushing it yes. on the court. <laughs> she's been doing a great job. So if I can follow in her footsteps, uh, I think I'll be sitting pretty by the end of the year. All right, coming up top of the hour, Taylor Townsend in a final of Waco. Wish you the best, Tay-Tay, as we see what's trending on social media. It is Halloween weekend, so the folks, the great folks, we have the best social media team here at Tennis Channel, uh, put together some costumes. Chris, you're already laughing at this one. We got Casper the Ghost. Oh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. He is friendly. Casper's one of the nicest guys you're going to find on tour. Queen V Classic, everyone knows. Venus Williams just conducts herself as royalty, so that becomes the, the theme when talking about her and retired Roger. Looks like he's ready to go and play a back nine somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love those costumes. You can find that on Tennis Channel social media. And then uh, the WTA Finals, uh, the spooky season. John, who is putting the, uh, the scare into Iga Sviantek, not on the court, but off the court? I mean, you know, it's one of these things, too. I'm not sure every country celebrates Halloween, so I'm wondering if Iga even knows what's going on. But uh, Hans Jabeur for the win yet again. That's uh, This was well played there. And um, play kicks off tomorrow on October 31st. And uh, as you say, Steve, we will see uh, if anyone can tackle the ghost of Iga because right now it, it's been but all treats, no tricks. <laughs> Don't, don't, I mean, Angebert coming out of nowhere. That, that is, that is scary. I hope she doesn't do that to us on the SAP desk. Uh, this, we, we've got the full slate 
of extraordinary commentators coming your way as Prakash and Danny are in Paris. Me and Chanda are in Fort Worth, Texas. Then we got five Hall of Famers you guys are next week. The heavy hitters. My goodness. I'm sure it's going to be some great matches, but if it's not no great matches, rest assured there will be great commentary taking place. How about that? We got group Tracy Austin and group Pam Shriver in Fort Worth. Lindsay, Jim, Andy. I mean, doesn't get better than Tennis Channel. We'll look ahead to Monday's action after a quick break. Chris John, Steve back on TC Live. Hot shot of the day. This was from yesterday. Eubanks, and uh, this is some good stuff. Semifinals of the Las Vegas Challenger, Stefan Kozlov and Steve Johnson. Koz saving a break point late in the third with a beautiful diving volley. Match point, actually, on a beautiful diving volley. That's a shot that he's no stranger to. He loves going for the diving volley. Saw him do it against Medvedev at the U.S. Open. That was absolutely beautiful. Kozlov. That's incredible. That saved match point. Saving match point. <laughs> diving volley. Uh, this is what we have for you tomorrow in Fort Worth, Texas. Coverage begins 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Jesse Pagula, she's playing singles and doubles tomorrow, starting with singles against Maria Sakri. Rematch from Guadalajara. Then Jabur and Arena Sabalenka. Some good stuff as we get underway in the Nancy Ritchie group. The Tracy Austin group starts singles play on Tuesday. Uh, Jesse Pagula, Maria Sakri, when you play somebody that quickly, so they played last week in the final. Now right back at it in the WTA finals. Uh, what's it like for a player in that situation? In some ways, it depends on how you look at it. Certain players who have lost the match, they know exactly what they need to work on. They can go back, watch the film, see, they can take a look and see what didn't work, what did work, ways to play better in certain situations. But also, if you're the player that won, you can take a little bit of confidence in saying, hey, I ha maybe I have this player's number. However, when you're playing another player who's one of the best in the world, both top ten in the world, you have to have your antennas up when you've just beaten somebody and then you're playing them again because they're going to come for blood. They're going to know the adjustments to make. It's going to be a tough one for sure. It, it certainly is. Angebur, Arena Sabalenka, John. Sabalenka leads the head-to-head -head in that battle, but Angebur ranked higher this year. What do you see? Styles make fights. We love the uh, we love the contrast. Each of them have, has beaten the other on different surfaces. They both played at majors. I think Sabalenka, when she is on, she is unplayable. But uh, Jabir has so many more weapons and so many more gears. This is one of these great matches where some of this will depend on sort of who's on that day. Some of this will depend on who's able to make adjustments. Again, they played at Wimbledon last year. Sabalenka won that, but a completely different context on Monday. It's been a fun week. Always great to have Championship Sunday. John, good to have you with us today. Chris, it has been a pleasure all week long. Forever fan, been rooting you on in these next three weeks coming up. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone at the Tennis Channel family for making this week so special. All right, that wraps up Championship Sunday here on Tennis Channel. No one hotter than Felix Jose Aliasim right now. 13 straight wins, third straight title. FAA takes it in Basel, and they call Vienna the city of wine. Daniil Medvedev, a vintage performance to live his 15th straight title.